2: Hi, welcome. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth and you are at The Visual Workplace. I am your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. Welcome. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the dynamic landscape of work through visual devices, how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we know we will be. We install that level. We make it concrete and specific through visual devices, through visual mini systems, clusters of devices so that we can literally see how we think and predict how we will operate. We can actually predict outcomes based on the sequence or array of visual devices. We've captured functionality in these devices. That's what a visual workplace is about. And why do we bother? We bother for the phenomenal bottom-line benefits in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking cost, when you do an effective implementation of operator-led visuality, which is an um, amplified form of 5S, extended, amplified, expanded, you get a 15 to 30% increase in productivity. We see it all the time, even if you've gone lean. If you've gone lean, it's going to be 15 to 18 If you haven't gone lean, it's going to be 30%. We see it all the time we also do visuality for the splendid cultural alignment you don't get those kinds of results if you don't have a spirited engaged and aligned workforce and and visuality does that as well and we do it so that we enjoy ourselves at work we go to work we think we grow we contribute it nourishes us it supports us and we look forward to going back in the morning or in the evening depending on our shift We enjoy ourselves along the way. The Enterprise Speaks. That's what this show is about. So welcome. I have just a couple of announcements. I want to tell you that we are going to be in um, a series of public seminars next year in 2017 for the Shingo Prize. Probably four or five of them. We're very, very proud of that. Uh, Shigeo Shingo was my sensei in the 1980s, and to be affiliated with him now through his institute just really thrills me to my bones. I also want to let you know that I'm doing a series in Australia. Many of you know about it, you've been in touch, and we're getting the dates organized through our sponsor, SIRF. Jeff Naylor is the. Uh, is our main contact there. Well, also, I think he's including New Zealand on the route. I'm really, really thrilled. I love working in Australia. The Australian people are smart and sassy and great implementers and great learners. And the country is very, very beautiful, very beautiful. So we're doing many things. We have a Minnesota workshop in February. February. That is on our website. Please join us. It's going to be two days and lots and lots of visual learning. We have changed the format slightly. We did about nine public seminars this year, 2016. We learned a lot, and we've made some adjustments in our design, so I think that it's only going to get better. You can check out these things on our website, visualworkplace.com. Please become a member. It's free when you're a member, you get all kinds of things in your member bin, and they are free. And um, I'll be mentioning them as we get into today's show because we put a lot of stuff in there. And recently, from the last show, I think, let me see if I can complete my sentences And also, please stay tuned for our brand new website, which should be coming at the turn of the year, at the new year. It is really spectacular. We're very, very proud. So we've got a lot of things to do today. Let's begin. Today, we conclude with the 25 leadership tasks that help you prepare for a splendid launch, in this case, of operator-led visuality and a splendid ongoing implementation, anchoring through these tasks so that your implementation keeps going and growing and you can build on your successes. And by the way, do those words that I just spoke sound familiar? Ah, I bet they do because they're exactly what I said at the top of the show last week. We conclude with the 25 leadership tasks. That's what we're going to do today. Well, that's not exactly how the show unfolded. Just before the show, I got two ideas that I wanted to explore in the show. did a little bit of research and so the show morphed and it became interesting for ways that I didn't expect. For example, I did a riff on cakes melting in the rain, you may remember and wailings about loss of implementation opportunities <laughs> I almost broke broke out and sung. By the way, you will find the lyrics to that song, if you can guess it, you certainly know it from last week, MacArthur Park, in your free bin, your free member, your free bin as a member, become a member, visualworkplace.com. I also talked about the work of the French impressionist painter Claude Monet, he was very interested in light, as all the Impressionists at the time were. This is uh, 18, 1890, 1870. But the particular point in Monet's life that I was talking about last week was in the early 1890s when he went to the Rouen Cathedral in Normandy. And he studied the face of that cathedral, the, the front, through 30 different canvases called his studies in light and you can also see a set of those in the member bin waiting for you visualworkplace.com but we talked about Claude Monet's studies in light because we were talking about the importance of using the opportunity when you implement improvement to study improvement, and study implementation. How does change happen? What kind of trouble do we get in? What kind of opportunities present themselves that are unexpected and how can I harvest them? How can I troubleshoot the hassles and harvest the opportunities just the way Monet did when he studied the same cathedral, the front part called the portico or the facade. He studied it and he created 30 canvases because they were all slightly different. He was exploring them as a form. And that was the part of last week's show when I said, this is part of your work. And this is what, in part, makes it so delicious. And this is also part of what will keep you going when you hit the hard parts, that you are becoming a student. You have become a student of improvement and a student of change. And then you can make some interesting connections. And this is exactly where these 25 leadership tasks, these principles, truths, and subroutines, which we're going to be discussing today, came from for me. Because I was, I had made my commitment to a client company that I was going to get them into improvement, in this case, visual improvement, in my case, visual improvement, and that I was going to make them successful. But more than that, when we work with clients the first time, we say, we are responsible for your first cycle of improvement. We are responsible for creating a foundation. And then we hand it off to you. We actually make point of exiting so that the company can find its own strength we will stay in touch at a distance and occasionally visit but we don't live at your plant we make a point of not doing that but we are very very responsible and thorough in setting up the architecture for success while we're there And for me, I want to say this to those of you who are listening, who are practitioners, who are implementers, who do this on the front line. You bring change in. You bring improvement in. You're steady and strong in your work. And sometimes you hit bumps. I want to say that this is my offering to you in my never-ending quest to praise the work you're doing and to say, you know what? You're doing very well. With all of these heroic efforts and all of the humdrum everyday efforts that you engage in to keep your company going and growing through operational excellence, what you are doing is important. Keep doing it. And that is how I found the 25 tasks. And that's what I'm sharing with you now. And that is how we find ourselves right now at the end of a long march of these 25 tasks. This is our sixth and final show on this particular subject. Tasks that can help support, sustain, maintain, and troubleshoot your implementation, but also help you on the front side prepare. Pre-launch and then launch. Okay? Principles, truths, and subroutines. This is your unflagging fiduciary commitment, as it is mine, to keep the company going and growing. That's the improvement part. Going is maintenance, improvement is growth, and that forces a lot of things, that commitment of ours forces a lot of things to the surface, because you have a company's trust, you know you have to deliver, it's a small world, there is no place to hide if you blow it, I mean blow it by walking away, not blow it by having challenges, that's just normal, there's no place to hide. You have to keep going, grit, shoulder to the wheel, figure it out. And there's no place to hide from your own integrity. It's a constant companion, either happy and proud because you did good or skunky because you did not do your best. So part of doing our best is keeping a constant eye for opportunity, which we harvest, and another eye for hassle, which we tackle and in my case, through these principles, truths, and subroutines. So let's jump in. Last week, we did a pretty good job with subroutine, uh, the top of the uh, final eight, called Make Sure Your Hit Lists Are Up to Date. And we covered that pretty thoroughly at the end of the show last week. So I've got now seven to go. I'm going to name them. This is task 19, but I'm but i'm going to call it i'm going to call it 1 1 so that we're counting down to 7 okay task 19 number 1 participate in every blitz number 2 create memories number 3 follow up and follow through number 4 track keep tracking your baseline set of metrics number 5 open a store i'll tell you about that Number six, organize walkabouts, parentheses, trading places. And number seven, build an appetite in others and in yourself for visual best practices. And we end on that one. So we're going into our first break and we'll start this set of seven. Now the final seven. As soon as we get back, I'll be here.
0: us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn
1: are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company Gwendolyn galsworth visual workplace expert and award-winning author is available to help you harness and maximize that power with nearly 30 years of hands-on experience dr galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars site assessments total company conversions Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
2: Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn, and you are in the second segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace, where we are actually marching through, finally, finally, the final seven. Okay, and the first one we're going to tackle today is participate in every blitz. Now, remember, this perspective, this window of these 25 tasks are leadership tasks. They are there to decide, to drive, to model, inspire, align. They're leadership tasks, and you're doing them. You may be doing them as a supervisor. You may be doing them as a trainer. You may be doing them as a senior manager. So when I say participate in every blitz, I mean correct the idea in your mind that the blitz, whether it's a visual blitz, a Kaizen blitz, rapid improvement event, lean blitz, whatever, that the blitz is for operators. No, the blitz is for learning. The blitz is for improvement. And the blitz is for people to participate in and not to watch. How many times have you seen managers or maybe even yourself attend a blitz with a coffee cup in your hand or with a PDA Or just walked around and watched. That's not the way it happens. Not a blitz. A blitz, you lend a hand. You're present, but you also contribute. You adopt the learning curve for yourself. And you find someone to help. Or, you know, if you're really burning, you can do your own project. You can put a project up on the hit list and say, I'm the lead on this one. Can someone help me? I'm looking for a person to help me be my buddy. And you tackle an actual task, something that's eating your lunch. You do this if you're a supervisor. You do this if you're a trainer, a coach, or if you are coming in and you're a senior manager. You don't walk through as though you're Queen Elizabeth Or Prince Charles with your arm bent at a right angle and waving, smiling, nodding. This is not colonialist Europe. This is real, honest work in a workplace. So you contribute. You're warm, you have hands, you have feet, you can help. Do that shoulder to shoulder. It makes a world of difference. I remember the first time this happened. There was a guy named Les Eklund. And he was the owner of a plant called Fleet Engineers up in Flint, Michigan. God bless Flint. And he jumped in. He got out of his suit, his tie. He had these old crummy clothes on. And we all saw with our own eyes him take a hose, a hose, to a machine that he had decided was too dirty and he wanted to wash it. And we just held our breath. We were sure we were going to have a fried CEO owner in in moments. <laughs> but he was there. And it was a revolutionary moment. And he showed up for blitzes, quite honestly, not because he wanted to be seen, but because he enjoyed it. He actually enjoyed the work. He enjoyed Also, working with people. But it gave him a completely different perspective on the company he owned. I will not go into 45 minutes of the benefits that will come to you, accrue to you, for doing this. But it is a leadership task. Participate in every blitz. Supervisors as well. Supervisors are going to take over the blitz in no time in the visual methodology anyway. And so you get to learn what is it like to actually do it. Of course you're available to get supplies if people are running out and they have difficulty with it, to do running, to be a gopher. Of course you are. But in between time, you let people know where, you know, where I am. I'm over here. Hey, if you're looking for me, I'm over there with Marianne. or working on that cabinet. Or we're working on a, a visual system on quality. We're kind of working out the kinks on it. And you do it. And if you are the plant manager, you make that a requirement. You make it a requirement for people who come to Blitzes, maybe even including visitors. Let's move on to the next. Create memories. Well, in part, I was talking about this in the previous item, Participate in Every Blitz. Create memories means recognize that people who are working at anything Have rich emotional lives as well. And are not only open open to, but hungry for positivity. For reasons to celebrate. So have celebrations. Yes, you can do it with pizza. But you can also do it with espresso and fancy Italian cookies. (laughs) A little gelato. Create memories. Celebrate. Celebrate. For any and every reason, celebrate the small beginnings that we talked about way back when, when we were doing these leadership tasks. Task number 13, pay attention to small beginnings. Celebrate completions. Celebrate midpoints. Take photos. Just make sure when you take photos to announce that anyone who doesn't want their picture taken needs to let you know. They don't need to explain themselves. Just let you know and you'll make sure to avoid them. This is so important. This is a subroutine of respect. Very important. So, you take pictures and videos if that's allowable. You have small parties. You remark on what's new, what's different. You do your befores and afters, and you keep the emotional connection alive. People feel pride, they feel joy, they feel connectivity. They feel a part of something greater. That's part of your job. It doesn't happen by accident. It needs to be part of your implementation design. And if things get humdrum, you have to change it. So that's that task. And you can extrapolate on that in many, many ways. You can expand it. You can make it ornate. You can simplify whatever, but make sure that it is there as part of your thinking. Otherwise, things just get dreary. Let's move on to the next task. We're moving right through them, aren't we? This one will take a little bit longer. It's called follow-up and follow-through, and it has, again, to do with the leadership level, the responsibilities, the responsibilities and duties, the commitments of managers to support, to follow through in a very specific way to make a promise to note the promise to keep track of the promise and to report back on its status even if you couldn't fulfill it follow up if you can't fulfill it follow up and say I'm sorry this one we couldn't get authorization for we tried. We went to bat. We took your list of reasons. We added our own. We gave it two months. But you know what? It's just, it's just no, but I want you to know that we represented you very, very well. I'm satisfied. I hope you are. That's called follow-up. Follow through if you want to make any distinction at all, and it's not necessary. You can use them interchangeably. Follow through means that if you do get a yes, you support the yes until whatever needs to happen has happened. You give it support. You turn it over when, we're talking about operator-led visuality here, when operators can follow through on their own. But if they need you, if they need an engineering drawing, if they need a contractor, if they need something built, you're there to shepherd it through. You don't expect them to be able to function out of their locus of control. If they are in your area of authority, you're there to lend a hand. This is your contribution and your way, if you want to call it, and you can, of supporting the principle of respect. Because it is. But it's very specific. You see, you have the principle of respect, but you have the subroutine of following up and following through. And I want to go back to a point I made, but I didn't say it quite this way. You have to follow through on the things that don't work out as well. You cannot simply leave them lying, unaddressed, unattended, neglected, and unspoken. That creates a bad feeling. That's called hiding, and it will be perceived as withdrawing, lack of interest, or even even disrespect. So you need a way of keeping your own management team accountable and in integrity related to the promises that were made. And the promises will always be, I promise to follow up on this, not I promise it will happen. You don't have that level of control. Even a CEO should never promise because there's always OSHA (laughs) and ANSI and other regulatory bodies that have greater power than the CEO. (laughs) There's always the government. (laughs) But your commitment is we are a group of leaders who will follow up and follow through. And we will make sure you understand the nature of yes and what the expectations are around you and the nature of a no if it should happen disappointments happen but we don't want disappointments to turn into heartache by keeping the truth from you so we will speak the truth we will let you know so let's go into our next break and we'll pick up our remaining four when we come back in the second half of our show ending we're leaving the first half we're going into our second half I'll be here when you get back.
1: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 that's toll free 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com now back to the program
2: welcome back hi this is Gwendolyn we're in the third part of our show today got through the mathematics of the last <laughs> the last few sentences. We're in the third part of our show today here at the Visual Workplace and we're walking through the remaining four of the 25 leadership tasks that we actually have been marching through over the course of six shows. Do you remember? Way way back, we started with naming the 25 success principles and practices and we did the first three and then we talked about walking the leadership talk we talked about focus and time and alignment the next set of three tasks all on the leadership prep level and then we talked about the six tasks for trainers and supervisors before you launch I called it chop wood and carry water And then we got out of the gate in the next show. We're now on our fourth show, I think. Let's see, one, two, three, four. On our fourth show on this topic called Out of the Gate Tasks for the Sure Win," And we talked about the importance of balancing eye-driven with consensus and promoting iterations and paying attention to beginnings and handling big ideas wisely, such as I was just talking about when I said follow up and follow through. Don't overpromise, but do report back. And remember, the last one was don't standardize too soon. That was a big one. It always is. And then in our last show, we talked about (laughs) melting cakes and studies in light. (laughs) And that was my first attempt to get to the final eight, but I only got to hit lists. And now today we are doing the final eight. And this is the last of our shows on this topic. I've really enjoyed it. It's been interesting for me to position things in this way. And I think there's a little book or a learning module that will come out of this one of these years. So we can have the thinking in a form that you can access more easily. So let's go on to now our fifth task of eight or our fourth task of seven. Ouch, my head hurts. And it's called Track Your Baseline Set of Metrics. You may remember at the beginning, the very first task, leadership task we talked about, was for senior managers to name the expected outcomes. And there were three of them. What do you want, senior manager, for the company out of this implementation, out of your investment and the time and the energy we're going to be put into it to make the outcomes happen? What are the big outcomes, the global outcomes? And there were three. The first one was develop a showcase. In visuality, that means develop an area that walks and talks and eats like high-functioning visuality. Have a visual showcase there in the plant. The second was to track a baseline set of metrics. Track a baseline set of metrics and do that in such a way that you are able to see the drift, the impact of visuality. I'm going to go back to that in a moment after I named the third one. There were three outcomes. And the third outcome was to adopt an attitude of learning, stay open, show up, stay open, tell the truth. I want my organization to become a learning organization. That's the cultural profile. So let's backtrack. We're now at task 22, 22 connected with task one, track your baseline set of metrics. And all we asked you to do there when we talked about it in that first show was to take a snapshot of your KPIs. Do it once a week, but not less than once a month. And keep it in a binder. We wanted you to actually keep a piece of paper on it. So it could be in a binder and you could physically flip the pages, And we said, just keep track, keep the metrics the same. We're not changing the KPIs. We have other metrics, not your KPIs, to track visuality. But these baseline KPIs will be your platform for seeing the impact of visuality, and you will see them. You will see this drift usually by the third or fourth month. Because you have to get things going and growing. You have to do these tasks. The launch lasts quite a long time. You're launching a lot of new behaviors, a lot of new outcomes. So we want you to revisit now, 22 tasks later, your baseline set of metrics. Because by now, you will be seeing the drift. And you will be able to say in another couple of months, wow. We've experienced, if you're doing operator-led visuality, we've experienced an 18% increase in productivity. It's right here in our KPIs. But we didn't do any process engineering. We haven't changed the product. We have the same workforce. Ah, visuality is working. And that's what Task 22 is about. Hmm? So revisit that. Pay attention to it. This is the way you document your return on investment. Okay? We're ready to move on to our next task. It's called, interestingly enough, open a store. Whatever could Gwendolyn mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. The visual workplace is a physical workplace. When you get visual you get more and more of visual devices. Visual thinking is a system of thinking. It is not about the devices. It is about the thinking. But the devices hold the details of our operational system. As I say at the top of every one of these shows, the visual workplace captures the details the intelligence of your operational system through visual devices. We install the language of our current level of operational excellence by installing visual devices that captures that current level, that lets us use that current level as a platform, and we grow it from there. So, what's a store got to do with this? Well, what I want you to think about are ways of supporting operators more completely and of pollinating and transpollinating cross-pollinating the work of the different areas that are thrown strewn across the geography of your plants some of your plants are 1500 people some of them are 300 some of them are 50 25 but part of your job as a leader as a leader of improvement is to cross-pollinate to make sure that people know what's going on somewhere else that they might be inspired by or might even be able to copy with a big thank you. This idea was not mine, but was brought to me by a brilliant regional manager. Her name is Angie Alvarado. She was in charge of a Sears rollout that we did a few years back. We were doing a pilot at her plant, using the truck, the delivery truck or the technical truck as the department. And she had two or three hundred technicians who had trucks who would go out and do repairs of appliances that Sears sold, whether it was a lawnmower or a washing machine. And their truck was their department and every month as part of her contribution to the implementation we taught we taught principles and practices and we did all the action assignments and supported that and taught her how to teach taught her team how to teach but what she said is i'm going to have i'm going to require my technicians my technician drivers to come in once a month and to present on the visual breakthroughs or the visual thinking that they're currently engaged in and as they present I'm going to keep a list of the items that they bought elsewhere, the items that they bought at Home Depot or maybe Staples or online, and I'm going to get samples of those items and bring them in and open a store so that while the technicians, the drivers, are here at home base in this conference room, there'll be a store in the back of the room where people can go and pick the things that are being explained in the front of the room and, in a sense, buy them. She gave them away, of course, for themselves. Oh, that's a great idea, but I'm going to use it differently. Oh, jeepers, where do I get this? Oh, it's right here in the same room. I go back with my little shopping cart and I say, oh boy, I want two of those and one of those and three of those. And I walk away not only inspired and informed, but ready to make the change. Because I can buy the things of visuality. Because visuality, the visual workplace is a physical workplace. She opened a store. and I loved this idea. And you can do this too. This is tied, as you might guess, to the bag of money that I talked about. Give your operators $50 in a brown bag and say, bring this bag back full of receipts. And we'll give you another $50. We'll just... Take the receipts and put $50 back in the bag. Spend it. And so these things, these actual things, these appliances and mechanisms and devices and hutchkas, are part of the transformation. Make it easy. Open a store. Open a store and people visit it once a month or once a week. They visit it routinely. They can go there and they get their stuff. I want you to think about that. This is perhaps a more exotic task, but it has worked so well elsewhere. And it is a bit odd. And you might not stumble across this on your own. So I bring it to you as an interesting possibility. Yeah? What do you think about that? I think that's worth thinking about. So we're going into our third and last break. I'll be here when you get back.
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
2: Welcome back. We're in our final segment today of our show at the Visual Workplace on the 25 leadership tasks that support, anchor, maintain, sustain your implementation, your improvement implementation. We are talking about implementing visuality, but so many of these 25 leadership tasks are easily morphed into an application that will work for your other improvement um, initiatives, okay? Just at the end of the last segment, we were talking about opening a store. We have two tasks left. The next one is closely associated with opening a store. It's called Organize Walkabouts and Trading Places. So here's what I want you to think about. After your implementation kind of gets going and growing, and this area is, you know, halfway through, another area is three quarters the way through, someone else is just kind of at the beginning, maybe 20 or 30% through. Let people walk around as part of the time that you pay for, part of their hours. Go visit other areas. The ones that are out of sight, the ones that are not passed. And in fact, you know what I know. Many people work in their company for seven, nine, 14 years and they never go to another department. It just never occurs to them. There's also no pathway. There's also no time. There's no thinking about it and there's no mechanism for it. Well, make this a mechanism. Say Want you to, you can say it at the beginning, but you have to think about the consequences. You can say, after your third training session, we're going to take you to an area that has gone through this process already, that is, if you want to call it mature, has really advanced. We want you to look at the result of the methodology. We're going to organize this visit. You'll have 20 minutes. We'll do it as part of our training session. We're going to prepare for it talk about the things that we want to look for and find, go there and visit and then we come back we're going to debrief. We're going to be looking for principles. We're going to be looking for concepts. We're going to be looking for subroutines, truths. We're not necessarily going to copycat but if we do copycat as we move along we're going to make sure to say thank you and we're even going to make it stronger. We're going to find ways to even improve what we already like as part of it. We're going to do these walkabouts. And you do them, you put them as part of the plan. Maybe they happen at the third training session mark, at the sixth training session mark, and after that you're almost through so maybe you would say three months into the implementation when the training is all over with and we're simply doing it. We're simply going deeper and deeper in visuality and you do that and you make it routine, you make it a part and you know what happens, not only do people get impressed and inspired by other people's ideas and by the system of the methodology that it creates a robust outcome, but they also get connected with their own plant. They also begin to see that there are people in the plant and that we're doing something together. And that we can name it. And even though I don't see you often, I see you now. Hi, my name is Gwendolyn. I work over there in assembly. I take the part that you've been working on. And I make it more functional by adding things to it. And you have a conversation. There are lots and lots of ways to go further on this, but this is a beginning. This is what we call pay attention to the beginning. This is the beginning of a certain kind of connectivity. So please think about this. And the other part of it, I call it organized walkabouts and trading places, is that at some point, when one area gets pretty mature in its visuality, you can have another area visit that also understands visuality and you simply trade places for 20 minutes. Try to get some work done. Try to do this work. Of course, you pay attention to safety. Of course, you do. And the person, the, the group that is welcoming the visitors, let's say Assembly B is coming into Assembly A or Assembly B is coming into a machine shop. The machine shop stands there with their memo pad and waits for the first question. When you trade places, you get the chance of fresh eyes, but your memo pad is ready because the questions that are going to be asked are questions about information deficits, and we begin to get into the methodology. And we see the newcomer struggling because of an information deficit, and you begin to strengthen the methodology in that way. Mm, That's task 24. Let's go to task 25. We have just a couple of minutes left. This one will sound familiar because it is. It's called Build an Appetite in Yourself and in Others for Visual Best Practices. Way back when, when we were doing Task 17, a couple of shows ago, a couple or three shows ago, I talked about the importance of not standardizing too soon. This is the theme in my work, and you've heard me say it often. We're not focusing on standardization, it doesn't have great relevance. In visuality, when we're developing language, what we want in visuality is not uniformity, but functionality. So we avoid the language, and we substitute in its stead building visual best practices. We avoid the language of standardization because really it is death to visuality. It's sort of like saying to your Second grader. Hey, you got language. Let's stop there. Lots, language is good enough. I understand it. You understand it. But instead we say, keep going. We want refinement. We want better understanding. We want you to interface with the world in a more complete way because your language, your languaging, has advanced, has become refined. It's that way with building an appetite for a visual best practice. And substitute that for the kind of fever for standardization. You want functionality, robust functionality, and then even better, and then connected and aligned and networked and woven in. So build that. And you simply build that by saying, I would like you to take one more whack at this particular subsystem that you created, this subroutine that you created for quality, And then I believe it will qualify for being a visual best practice. And so the person or the team works on it and you say, oh, my God, that's really so good. It's our visual best practice for this particular quality, for this quality outcome. And then you say, this is our new visual best practice. Let it be a platform for where you go next on building even more quality in. So, we have rapidly moved through the rest of our 25 tasks, and I need to say goodbye because we're out of time. But I want you to really listen to these shows again and harvest them. Take the parts that make sense to you and build them into your system. We want you to, we do want you to get our Work That Makes Sense operator led visuality system. And even that it's very, very complete. It does not name these tasks because they're part of, not all of them, probably only half of them, at if that much. But this is a way that you make the methodology your own by amplifying it and strengthening it and anchoring it. This is good work for improvement practitioners, you, like Monet and his 30 Studies of Light. Just keep working it and working it. I want to thank you very much. I had a wonderful time with you today today. I look forward to the next time. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak.
1: We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.